Hello. It's been a bit... Why do I say that? I, I literally pressed record and I was like, don't say something dumb. And I just... Right out of the gates. It's been a bit since I've done one. Bit isn't even a measurement, right? Oh, no, yeah, it is. Two bit. What is that? Or a, or a bit, right? My, like, isn't that part of... I don't even know. We're off to a great start, aren't we? So it's been a while since I've done a podcast. I think a few, a couple of weeks. And the reason I know this is because I've been getting messages from people talking about when are you doing your next podcast? So guys, it's really tough being famous. So the three people who have messaged me, here's your podcast. But honestly, if you could share this podcast with your friends, I'd be ever so grateful. Um, so far, I've made four episodes. I think there's four. And my first episode is sitting at, I think, 176. 70, I think, 170 listens. And my latest one is sitting at 88. So, you know, it's dwindling. It goes down by like 30 every episode. So I'm, dro I'm dropping listeners by, by 30 every episode. I better get, I better get better at this. I don't know. I don't know how to say that. I need some sponsorship deals. Um, today, I just want to talk a little bit about empathy. Uh, we just went through something in Canada here uh, with the whole Don Cherry situation, which I'm not going to talk about because I just can't anymore. <laughs> um, but it brings me to a place that I, you know, think about a lot and I talk about with my kids a lot. Um, and that is empathy. And... I want to briefly touch on what I think empathy is and where it starts. And I also want to talk about how important it is to connect with our humanness, to cultivate empathy in our lives. So a couple of years ago, when I was out and about with Georgia as a toddler doing play groups, I noticed that there was a program in schools in this area called Roots of Empathy. And the gist of it is that a uh, mother of a newborn baby comes into classrooms. Um, they're assigned a specific class and they come for monthly visits from September through to the end of the year. And the idea behind it is that when you watch or when the children watch a baby go from being completely dependent on their mothers, their parents, for everything and not really able to do much of anything, not really able to move their head around or uh, communicate in any kind of way other than crying. The idea is that you watch them grow and you learn about them and then you um, have empathy for this, this child. And that is probably scientifically proven, but my take on it is that essentially what we're getting at is that when you know a person's story, namely their struggles, you can empathize with that person. So if you're someone who has a lot of empathy, I'm going to bet that you're someone who probably often tries to engage in conversation with strangers. I'm saying that because that's who I am. 
I am the person who is always trying to have conversations with people I'm standing in line with, um, cashiers, servers at restaurants. <laughs> it can be problematic. My husband sometimes is like, okay, enough of that. We have to be somewhere. Let's wrap it up. So I think from the time I was very small, my father and mother both kind of model this behavior in, in different ways. But when we ask questions of other people and we talk about them and we listen to them, sorry, talk to them and listen to them, we learn more about their life. And through that conversation, we are able to empathize with them. I remember my mom a long time ago saying to me, you know, when you ask someone, how are you today? Listen for the answer. Or if someone asks you, how are you today? Be honest. Start a conversation. It doesn't have to be a two hour, you know, epic dialogue between two people about, you know, what's the meaning of life. But if you're having a rough day, say so. This is how we learn about each other. And this is how we make exceptions for behaviors, if that makes sense. You know, everyone's human. Lots of us are having bad days. So maybe the reason the person making your sandwich for you isn't smiling is because she's really overwhelmed thinking about something happening at home or something happening to her. So empathy starts with conversation and listening and learning about other people's struggles. And the more we can do that to the people who are different from us, the more likely we are to not want to say things that are offensive. People who are struggling in their lives in any way, what they need most is understanding. They need someone who's willing to listen and say, I get it. They don't need someone to solve their problems for them. I mean, it would certainly be helpful, but if you're not able to do that, the next most helpful thing is just simply to listen and tell them you understand. That can be as healing as anything else. So the second part of my little podcast today is about what makes us human. You know, empathy is something that humans display. And yes, definitely you can argue that many animals display it as well. But it is primarily a human trait, being able to put yourself in another person's shoes, for lack of a better metaphor. And one of the reasons I think I like to do it, practice empathy, or maybe I'm good at it, or, you know, was drawn to a certain field, is <clears throat> I am an artist. I'm not a very good one. <laughs> I'm not Picasso or Mozart. But I am a creative person and I have always been a creative person. And I think in order to cultivate empathy, we need to encourage artistic expression more and more 
in our lives, in our children, in society, as a culture. Um, the most empathetic people are often the storytellers, right? The artists, the painters, the singers, the poets, the actors. These are people who study the human experience. They look deeper. They look for heartbreak and hope. And they look for trust. And they look for longing. And they look for desire. And they look for shattered dreams. They look for the reasons people do the things they do. And so a great way to encourage your children to empathize with others is to help them cultivate a language beyond the spoken word. And the only way to do that is to encourage them to dive into the arts. And I will say without hesitation that not all arts are for everyone. I am not a painter. I'm not a visual artist. I would love to be able to say that I am one day, and I'm sure if I tried and practiced, you know, I'd get better at it. It's not where my heart is, though. I am really, really moved by music and theater. And so those are the realms I chose to explore as a child. And I was so lucky that I had parents who let me freely do those things, you know, both in the home and outside of the home. There wasn't a single word of discouragement when I decided after first year in university to switch majors from English to drama. Nobody cared. It was great. So I read an article three years ago, and the only reason I know I read it three years ago is, you know that saved tab on Facebook that people used back in the day? Back in the day three years ago. Um, I found this in my saved files and I'm so glad I've saved it because it is so meaningful today. Um, so pat on the back for me. Uh, it's written by Tracy Moore and I don't know, first of all, I don't know if that's a female or a male, um, but they wrote it for the Chronicle of Higher Education and it's called Why Theater Majors Are Vital in the Digital Age. And basically what it talks about is in this digital age, I think I spoke about this in my first or second episode, about how connected we are through technology, but how we are the most disconnected as a society we've ever been. Um, so I want to talk about ways we can encourage connection, which is what Dig In is all about. And something that struck me as I was thinking about the arts and their relationship with empathy, I thought theater is kind of this amazing vessel through which people do just that. They put themselves in other people's shoes for a bit and they learn about life and about struggles and they learn to empathize. So I'm going to read you a few excerpts. They're not boring, I promise. But basically it starts out this way. 
The study of theater has always been a slightly odd fit with higher education. Theater's departmental needs are so different from the norm, where other programs require smart classrooms, desks, and Wi-Fi, we seek vast, empty spaces with sprung wood floors and natural light. The inner life of a chemistry major should not affect the outcome of an assignment. For theater majors, the inner life is the assignment. So it goes on and on to talk about Stanislavski, who uh, is a very obviously famous um, father of American acting. He's Russian, but came over to America and he has, uh, he's a method actor. Um, so he talks about um, concentration and the ability to focus at will um, because you've explored all realms of your character. And I'm not going to get into this because this isn't about acting. But basically, um, <clears throat> this writer talks about how maybe Stanislavski's methodology could be the antidote for college students who are said to be lacking empathy, isolated and narcissistic, distracted and jaded. They go on to say theater, which is slow, communal, physical, may be the cure for what ails us in the digital world. Social psychologists, neurologists, and doctors tell us that cell phone use, in the way people do it now, more than eight hours a day, is altering modes of attention, reducing eye contact, hurting necks and hands, and changing our brains and sleep cycles. I cannot agree more. That's not what she said. He said it. That's what I said. Um, and we're all a little bit nomophobic, the term coined to describe the anxiety that results from being without one's phone. So this article goes on to talk about how acting classes get students to connect with what they think, feel, and do, which is no other class does that. Even phys ed class, you know, you're using your body, you're moving your body for sure. And you are thinking, right? You're processing what you're doing and what your next move is. But in acting classes, in theater classes, you're looking at motivation. You're looking at emotions. You're looking at reactions and psychological um, things that are outside of the text. Why would that person say that? Or how would this person react? Which is something you don't get to practice anywhere else. So at the end of the article, it's talking about technology. Algorithms recommend music based on what we're already listening to books similar to others we've read, and, quote, friends from among people we already know. As a result, we are less frequently confronted by the other, the unknown, the different. Stanislavski's technique requires a thorough study of a character's situation, whether geographic location or state of physical health, and asks that actors explore the effects of those circumstances on their own selves. In a semester, a college actor will play multiple characters stretching to inhabit another psyche, another intellect, another body. It's a veritable empathy boot camp. And they talk about how business, this would be good for business, and 
all of those things. But the last paragraph is what struck me too. Whatever your feelings about the legitimacy of theater as a college major or its eventual earnings potential, there are important struggles and discoveries happening in the acting classroom. As technology and machines consume more and more of life, perhaps theater can help us remember what it means to act like a human. So I'll close off today by saying that maybe, maybe the reason so many of you are really digging <laughs> my podcast is that I'm leveling with you and I'm resonating with you because I'm empathizing with the human experience, the struggles we all face, the feelings of failure as a parent, as a, as a woman, as a human. And when we're faced with someone telling us our deepest, darkest fears, we tune into what it means to have empathy for ourselves. And how beautiful would it be if we dug even a little deeper and we learned how to empathize with everyone around us and we stop taking everything so personally and we recognize that everyone is struggling with something, maybe not as big as yours, maybe smaller than your struggles, but everyone is human. Everyone is wondering and doubting and criticizing themselves all the time. And when we learn to ask the right questions and put ourselves in the other person's place, we start to connect again with what it means to be human. So for today, and I recognize the irony in this because you are probably listening on your smartphone, I hope that I've given you just ever so slightly enough push to put down your phone for five minutes and ask a couple of questions where you normally wouldn't or really, really, really listen to what someone else is trying to say to you with their body language, with the way they look at you or don't look at you. And I hope that it gives you an opportunity to just understand someone a little better. And you know, it'd be even more amazing if that person was you. Have a great day, everybody. I love you so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you.